Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Houston North. The Kadesh Family Church, Houston North, is part of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they might. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. you say but your name 
we thank you for this day we thank you that we are alive to see this day we thank you that god we have been kept by your power yes lord day by day come what may we are kept by your power thank you father for your loving kindness toward us thank you for loving us with an everlasting love thank you that father you never let go of us you are with us all the time even to the close of the age father we thank you for the offering we pray that you bless it amen in jesus name amen and you may take your seats. Hallelujah. You're all welcome to church this morning. Georgia, you're welcome to church. Edwina, you're welcome to church. <laughs> I am sure, not that I'm sure, I know that everyone is aware of everything closing down around us, isn't it? And the World Health Organization has declared the coronavirus a pandemic, isn't it? Do you know what a pandemic is? Yes, you can have an endemic, you can have an epidemic, and you can have a pandemic. Do you know the differences? <laughs> an endemic, a disease that exists permanently in a particular region or population, all right? But an epidemic is an outbreak of a disease that attacks many peoples at about the same time and may spread through one or several communities. But when it becomes a pandemic, it's when an epidemic spreads throughout the world, isn't it? So we've seen this occur very, very quickly. When it started out and we heard about something happening in China, we said, these Chinese people, what are they up to? What is happening? But before we knew it, it had got to South Korea, it got to Japan, it got here, and we started hearing about the first couple cases in the United States, all right? Now, the coronavirus itself has been around since, or was discovered in the 60s. The coronavirus is the same virus that is responsible for the common cold and for the flu. But this is called the what? Novel coronavirus, which means what? New and unlike anything that has been seen before, all right, that's why it's called a novel or COVID-19. What does COVID stand for? Coronavirus disease, COVID-19, because it was discovered in 2019. All right, <laughs> that's why it's COVID, I call COVID-19, um, all right? So what's happening is it's a new strain of a virus that has been known for many decades. And it being a new strain means, number one, there's no treatment. There's, there's, there's no medicinal treatment that is known, isn't it? And likewise, there's no vaccine, as in you cannot be vac vaccinated against the disease to hopefully prevent you from getting it. When, because it's brand new, it's just happened, and we are trying to figure it out. But with the speed at which it has happened, things have changed nearly by the day. Amen. And at the beginning of the week, um, our Apostle Joel, who is our... Bishop in North America, send a letter out to all the churches because as a church, we care deeply about our people and we care about the well-being and the welfare of our people, all right? The Bible says that Jesus Christ is both the power of God and the wisdom of God. So in as much as we believe that God is all-powerful and he's going to keep us from many things, we also know that God has given us wisdom to apply. So this is a letter he asks me, um, read to all the churches. He said, the influx, dear pastors, the influx of new and 
Daily developments in the news and around us regarding the COVID-19 coronavirus has brought many concerns and continues to foster an atmosphere of fear, anxiety, and uncertainty. As a church family, the health, safety, and general well-being of our precious members is very important to us. In the current environment, it is important for all to remember that in Christ we experience both the power and wisdom of God and must engage both at this time. Amen. So I encourage, therefore, that we all pray fervently, all right, that the Lord will show mercy and make this coronavirus menace go away. Say amen. Or oh, you want to be at home? You are happy because schools are closed. <laughs> Don't pray that it stay. Pray that it go away. All right? Um, while we pray, we also advise that we all closely monitor the developments and observe the best hygiene practices as recommended by the health authorities. So what are we supposed to be doing? Wash your hands. Was that? Wash your hands and don't touch your face, we're told. Don't, uh, don't just sneeze out in the open. Sneeze into your elbow. What else should you be doing? Or what have you been doing? Um, keep your hands clean. Use hand sanitizer. I'm told washing your hands with Soap and water is more effective. Is that true? So when you can wash your hands with soap and water. You know, from a very long time ago, personally, I've always washed my hands. When I get home from anywhere I've been to, the first thing I do is to wash my hands. I don't, I don't consider myself a germaphobe, but that's what I've been doing. Before I touch food, I always have to wash my hands. If I'm about to eat and you come and shake my hand, I have to go and wash my hands again before I eat. It's not likely I'm going to touch food if I haven't washed my hands. So... If not for anything at all, maybe this is going to make America a cleaner place. It's going to make us more health conscious and cleanliness conscious, all right? So all these things we are doing, we should have actually been doing before, but it's a good thing that we are learning to do it, all right? Okay. Um, where did I get to? Our church remains alert and ready to follow any guidelines or directives as the CDC and our respective local authorities will direct. We are closely monitoring the situation and current guidance, especially regarding church gatherings. Majority of us meet in rented spaces, and in some cases, we don't have any control over the cleaning practices observed at the premises. Thankfully, we have our own place that we don't share with anybody. However, as much as possible, let us take responsibility for our own safety. Number one, make the highest effort to keep the church environment frequently and properly sanitized using recommended sanitizing products. All right? I was at Costco yesterday. I'm sure you know why I was there. <laughs> but I was surprised. They suddenly brought a pallet of Clorox gallons. And I was surprised with the speed at which it went. I didn't take one. I said, well, it's nice to have Clorox at home, but I've never really had need for gallons of Clorox. And I don't know that I need gallons of Clorox at this time. I was just surprised with the speed at which it just disappeared. And then there were, I think, Lysol spray. That also went very quickly. And the sanitizer wipes, by the time I got it, they said it was finished. And that's at 9.30 in the morning, right? <laughs> I got toilet roll. That was a good thing, all right? <laughs> I got toilet roll at least. But I also watched as the stack just disappeared, all right? But I said to myself, I'm going to go around the store three times. I'm sure by the third time, it would have, like, going around the walls of Jericho. You get it? I said, by the third time I come, this <laughs> mountain would have disappeared. <laughs> All right? But I think it took four rounds around the store, then it disappeared. 
All right, so there should be a greater focus on high frequency touch points. So we, are, we have been sanitizing all the doors in the church and items like door handles, microphones, and other shared equipment. We are sanitizing everything. Number two, we're suspending all usual physical contacts such as handshakes and embraces. All right, so it's become second nature for us to extend our hands or to shake hands when we're saying hello, greeting, but uh, we are trying our very best to stop that, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, we, we are playing our part to help stop the spread. You see, you don't have to be symptomatic, that was called, to exhibit symptoms to, um, to not have coronavirus, all right? So we're not going to be shaking hands, hugging, all right? We must attend church gatherings. We must not attend church gatherings if we start showing any symptoms or even when we merely suspect we may have been exposed to the coronavirus, all right? But be sure to call your pastor for prayer. <laughs> so if you think you are not well in any way, please don't come around. It's the same thing your kids are told when you're taking them to school. If they're exhibiting any signs of whatever, don't take them to school. So while this virus is significant and its effects are serious, we've, been, we've seen the Lord deliver the world from others like it before, and trust that he will deliver from this one also. Amen. I want to encourage you with Psalm 121, verses 7 and 8. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. For now, our church remains committed to loving and serving its members. All right? Through our usual services and with the same dedication you have come to know. May the Lord bless you all and preserve us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, this was at the beginning of the week. As I was sitting down, there was breaking news. <laughs> That's for the church. Breaking news for the church, all right? So there have been some new developments that I also need to share with you. All right, shocking developments. So this was addressed to all pastors this morning that we're going to use today to prepare for handling the current crisis. In addition to all the advice on good hygiene, practices at the premises, please, we're going to do the following. Number one, we are going to be moving, all right, as a church to e-services and online meetings after today. You understand? And we're going to demonstrate how we're going to be doing that. We're going to be using Zoom for our services from today. Or we're going to share a link with all church members. So this is for everybody. Before I preach today, I want to make sure that everybody is on the church WhatsApp group. Imano, can you stand up, please? If anybody's not on the church WhatsApp group, please lift up your hand so that Emmanuel takes down your name, and then at the end of the service, we put you on the church WhatsApp group. Is everybody on a group, church WhatsApp group? Everybody? <laughs> Emmanuel, do you know anybody? Do you see anybody who you know is not on a group? Okay. Who else? So you might want to make sure you get everyone who's not on the group's name. So after today, all right, so 
So for now, no physical services or meetings after today. All right? So number two is what I just said. We have to ensure that every member is connected on WhatsApp and able to receive notices from the pastor. All right? So can you add Auntie Jessica right now? And is it Darian? Yeah, make sure you put them on. We're going to test them, make sure they are on, make sure you have their numbers. Um, I don't know the next time I'll see you. <laughs> like Jesus said, I don't know the next time I'll see you. <laughs> Encourage everyone to ensure that they are connected, able to give electronically. Can we have that um, announcement that we make for electronic giving? We've been doing this for a while. We, we, we were seeing into the future. Also, if you come to church and you haven't set up electronic giving, now is the time to do it. Amen. It's very, very easy. All right? We are in a day and age where just, I mean, so many things have to be paid for electronically. It's not the church that is asking you to do this for the first time. All right? It's not a church. You're having to do it when you shop online, isn't it? A lot of you shop online. You trust the services. And this is safe. This is secure. It's reliable. It's free, and it's quick, and it is easy. So if you can pull out your phone, because if I ask you to do it later, you don't do it. So while I'm talking, just take out your phone and text GIVE to 45777. I want to be quiet for one minute while you do that, if you haven't done it. Who's counting down for um, one minute for me? If you, are, if you are not set up to give electronically to the church, please do that right now, all right? Text GIVE to 45777. Text GIVE to 45777. Now, here's the thing. We are going to stop meeting here physically until further notice, but we are still going to have the opportunity to give. Amen. Amen. For a number of reasons. Number one, not only are you going to be blessed because you are blessed every time you give, but what you also have to understand is that the bills have to be paid. <laughs> Because when you come to church, we turn on the lights, we turn on the air conditioning, we have running water. We're still going to have to pay that whether we meet or not. So that's why it is a good idea for you to still give to the church so that the church doesn't collapse as a result of the coronavirus. All right? So make sure you are set up to give electronically. All right? Make sure you are set up to give electronically. Is everybody set? All right. It's not working. What, what happens? No, um, what is not working? To set it up or to give? It doesn't work. Or oh, before 45777? Okay, so can we update these instructions? Because this is what we post every week. <laughs> if it doesn't work, then we need to update it. I mean, I set mine up a long time ago. It's working. Okay, so you have to type LCI space give, space 45777. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so you're texting, not give to 45777, but you're texting LCI space give to the number 45777. And when you do that, it works. Okay. Good. And then you see the link. And then you can sign in. You register. You create an account. All right. And then when you are done, test your giving with a dollar. So say LCI space one. LCI space one, which means you are giving a dollar. Just test with a dollar. I'm pretty confident you all have a dollar in your account, isn't it? <laughs> I really hope so. <laughs> Just text $1 to see whether it works. If it doesn't work, then we can work through the kinks, all right? So number four, still no handshakes or hand-holding to share the grace, all right? Still no hugs. Still no agreement, prayers by joining hands. Where possible and safe to do so, we're going to leave our doors open and have a designated usher open doors for all. Amen. So right now, before, again, I preach, I'm going to demonstrate to you what Zoom is like. So, PK, what you can actually do is that the link I sent to the shepherds yesterday, why don't you log into that? And since the shepherds, you have the link from yesterday, let's all demonstrate how the Zoom meeting works and what it will be like. Now, it's going to make it easy for a lot of you to be part of church, even though you have not been able to be coming, isn't it? An example is what? Weekday service. How many of you have had trouble coming for the weekday service? You've struggled. We haven't seen you for a while. Very good. Now, you're going to be able to join in, connect in from home, all right? So Zoom is a free app on your phone, which we're going to use. We're going to demonstrate that to you. Um, we're all going to come online at 7.30. It's going to be easier also because you're not going to have to drive to church. All right, so the drive time is taken away. The drive to and the drive um, going back is taken away. So we're going to have a service from 7.30 to 8.30 this Wednesday, amen, amen. on Zoom. All right? So I'm going to show you what Zoom looks like. See what I have to send in you. Hold on. Apologies if let me let me quickly see whether we can.
you tile all the views? Let's see. Can you shoot? Um, use the other view in the top corner. Yeah, the one to the left. All right. So this is what the service will look like. All right. Can you now put on the church group as many as can? Just tap on the link and let's see how many can join the service. This is what our services will be like. All right. We're going to join in and we'll see you at home. Which means you'll come nicely dressed. Which also means... Don't be cooking while we're doing this. Otherwise, we'll copy your recipes. All right. Sorry, I have to mute. What happened? Bring the view back up. I want a few more people to join. All right, so these are all the people. So when you come on, we'll be able to recognize you as being on the uh, Zoom meeting. All right. So we have nine people in the service right now. We have 10, a 10th person. We have an 11th person. So I'm encouraging you to actually test it now so that Wednesday at 7.30 and very likely next week Sunday at 10.30, you will be able to dial in because you, what you'll find is if you haven't prepared ahead of time, you spend a lot of time just trying to figure it out. So you can try it now, all right? You can try it now. And then this Friday also you'll be able to join the prayer meeting, all right? Isn't that wonderful? Clap for Jesus. Amen. All right. Okay. I want to bring to you a short message. Oh, no, there, there's actually more. <laughs> there's a, there are a few more things that I have to announce today. Um, also, we're having no meetings after church today. When we close today, you're all going home. Is that okay? Nobody's staying behind after church today. I'm going to dismiss everybody after the service, all right? We're suspending all meetings for now. All right, we can all come out of the call. I want to bring to you a short message today, amen? Yeah. What year are we in? No, what year are we in? <laughs> I know we are in 2020, but this is the year of the shepherd, amen? And today I want to talk to you about core areas of development. Core areas of development of a shepherd, amen? What's the meaning of the word core? Core areas. What's that? Center, all right. Important. Vital, wow. Integral, wow. 
<laughs> so, important, vital, integral areas of development as a shepherd. Amen. All right? You want to be a good pastor, a good shepherd, a good Christian. These are areas that you need to be able to develop. Amen. The first area that you need to be able to develop is the ability to fight. The ability to fight. Amen. When you become a Christian, you become a soldier. What's that song you used to sing? I'm a soldier. I wasn't thinking of that song. I was thinking of the Sunday school song. I'm in the Lord's army. 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 I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never shoot for the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. I'm in the Lord's army. Me in the Lord. Let, let's all stand to our feet and let's go back to Sunday school. We'll do this. I remember we used to march in, what do you call this, Emmanuel? Marking time. Okay. Ready? Go. I'm come to come and stand the here. Lord's army. Huh? Or oh, you want to play the drums? This, this, is not, this is not for much. Okay, you want to play the drums for us. Right. Ready? Go. I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I'm in the Lord's army. I may never. I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never shoot for the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I'm in the Lord's army. 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 I may never run to you, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. Thank you. You may take your seat. Amen. I'm in the Lord's army. Amen. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. This charge I Commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Amen. War a good warfare. <clears throat> Excuse me. So one of the things that we are called upon to do as Christians is to war a good warfare. Amen. Give me 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4. War, a good warfare. We are in war. We are in battle. The moment you become a Christian, you have enlisted in the Lord's army. All right. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Amen. 
No man that warreth entangleth himself. What does another version say? No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. All right? No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. Do we have any soldiers here? Yeah. Where? Emmanuel, please stand to your feet. <laughs> so I see, I see this, this verse is making a distinction between soldiers and civilians. Is there a difference between being a soldier and being a civilian? There's a big difference. What, what are some of the differences between being... The, it's talking about the affairs. The other version said civilian affairs. When you become a soldier, it appears you are making a transition of sorts from one way of living to another. What, what are those things? What are those changes that have to occur in order for you to be a good soldier? So the, the first thing they do is to break your will for, to live for yourself. Break your, your will to live for yourself. Your rights. You I'm not allowed to live for myself anymore. It's not about, it's not about you any longer. It's not about you. Yeah. It says to please his commanding officer. So now it looks sounds like you're subject to somebody else. That's correct. Somebody else is making decisions for your life even. That's correct. Everything you do. Everything you do. There are rules for everything. Give us examples. How you, your haircut, your uniform, anything that you do. What about the time you wake up? The time you, everything is. You can't decide when you want to wake up anymore? No. Even when time you go to sleep, it's not decided. You, you don't how decide. is that possible? How, how is it possible that someone, someone can have so much say in your life? Because when you enlist, you actually have to be conforming to a way of life. Conforming to a new way of life, isn't it? Yes. So the Bible says that when you are a soldier, you cannot get entangled in civilian affairs any longer. Amen. Amen. Can women also be soldiers? Women, yes, they are soldiers. Because also... when we say soldier, we have the picture of a man. So how do women soldiers do? And as a matter of fact, in the army, we don't even... We wear a virtually the same uniform. So women don't put on earrings. They don't show their hair. So they, 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 the military doesn't see the gender per se. They will have a few things that they do different. And there's no time for lipstick. No lipstick, no perfume, nothing. Yeah. Ah, so they can live without lipstick? They have to. <laughs> because when we are doing in the mission, we don't have to see you as a female. What, 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 what else has to disappear that ladies become accustomed to over time? A, a lot of things. As a matter of fact, Anything that a lady is doing, a guy is not supposed to go and help. Like the courtesy of being, oh, being a gentleman doesn't apply in the military. Mm. So as a matter of fact, even the ladies carry bigger weapons than the men. Oh, wow. Because they anticipate that when the enemy strikes, they're assuming that the woman is not strong enough. So they train them to be extra, able to carry bigger weapons and do more. So. But there's no distinction between a man and a woman in the military. We do the same oh, thing. Oh, wow. The same running, the same, everything is the same. So it looks like there's a, thank you very much, clap for our soldier. <laughs> so you can see that there is a difference between being a civilian and then becoming a soldier. And one of the first things Emmanuel said was, you, you lose rights. You lose the rights to deciding what to do. Someone else is making those decisions. That's what it means to be a soldier of the Lord, amen. The Bible says, now you want to please your commanding officer. You want to please the Lord, who is your commanding officer. So if you would have wanted to do something that God says you shouldn't do, you say, yes, sir. Because you said it, I will do it. 
Because you said not to do it, I will not do it. Amen. Otherwise, you cannot be a good Christian. You cannot be a good soldier if you are not someone who is able to take orders or take instructions. And he said, break your will. Not my will, but yours be done. That's what Jesus said. He said, there's what I would want, but I'm going to um, defer that to what you want. You have the final word and you have the final say. Amen. That's what it means. So that's the first core. Um, the first core area that you need to develop, the ability to fight. Hallelujah. Because we are engaged in warfare. When are you in warfare? You are in warfare when you have an enemy. And we have an enemy who, as far as he, con- as far as he is concerned, he is in a long battle with us. He's in a battle with us till the end. He's never going to give up. He's never going to relinquish. So we have to be on alert all the time. Amen. We have someone who actually doesn't like us. He actually hates us. Jesus said, he cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He just wants to cause mayhem in your life. He wants to make things very, very bad for you. That's why we have to rise up and fight. Amen. All right? So you need to fight. You need to fight. You need to fight. If the army can get you to fight, then God should be able to get you to fight. Amen. All right? And then it looks like your priorities also have to change. You know, that's why I asked the question about the woman. So maybe there's a lot we can do. You know, a lot of times when we say do this or don't do this, or when we say can you do this, when we say no, a lot of times we are saying we can't do it because we do not have the time to do it, isn't it? But how much time do women need to get ready for church? (laughs) So sometimes it's not so much that they don't have the time, but it's the priorities, isn't it? Because if one hour can go to get ready for church, but we can't get five minutes for quiet time, then we are not fighting for the Lord. Amen. Can we shift that over? I mean, if I say pray for one hour, you say, what am I going to get one hour from? I can show you where to get that one hour. <laughs> we can do it. Amen. Amen. Number two, shepherds must develop their conscience. Your conscience. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Amen. What is your conscience? Your conscience, everyone has a conscience. It's not just Christians who have a conscience. Every living human being has a conscience. It's actually our conscience that lets us know what is right and wrong without even being, yeah, without being told, even without being a Christian. You have a sense of what is right and wrong, and that is your conscience. It's probably the voice of your spirit, the voice of your soul. Whatever it is, it is a voice that God has given to you. That speaks to you. It's a still small voice, all right, within you that is warning you about what is right and wrong, all right? It's important that we have this warning system. It's warning systems that protect us and keep us out of danger. Many years ago, there was what is called a tsunami, all right, in, I don't know, somewhere, where? Malaysia, Thailand killed almost like 200,000 people. The reason why there was such 
a heavy death toll was because there was no warning. There was no warning. Because before they knew it, the water just came sweeping in, isn't it? And just took them away. So later on, subsequent to that, they started developing what they call early warning systems. If they had even had five minutes warning, it would have made a very big difference. And it would have saved a lot of lives. So God has given us a small voice to warn us, to let us know, hey, you probably shouldn't be doing this. Otherwise, you're going to be getting into a lot of trouble, all right? So warning systems can be more or less sensitive. So your conscience can be sensitive or it can be insensitive. You know, if you keep hearing the voice that God has given to you, but you ignore it, it becomes less and less audible. The Bible talks about your conscience being seared as with an iron. So what happens is if you keep uh, disregarding that voice that says, hey, don't do that, at a point, you don't even recognize that voice anymore, all right? The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 19 to 20, holding faith in a good conscience, holding faith, faith in a good conscience, which some, having put away, concerning faith, have made a shipwreck, made a shipwreck, of which Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Amen. So sometimes you can tell the difference between those who are sensitive to the voice of their conscience and those who are not. You know, um, sometimes it's better to be overly apologetic than to be overly sure of yourself. What am I saying? Some people have less and less of a tendency to even say sorry, to have regrets for things that they do. They'll say, no be anything. <laughs> it's not such a big deal. But some people are very sensitive to maybe the fact that what they have done would, hasn't pleased God. And they are the people who are more readily to ask God for forgiveness. Some people, when it's, when it's said, let us pray to God and ask for his forgiveness, say, what am I even asking God to forgive me for? What have I done wrong? But someone will say, God, just in case I've done something wrong, let me know. I might not even be aware of something I have done that has been offensive to somebody or that has hurt somebody. You see, it's the voice of your conscience that you need to be able to hear and develop. Amen. Because God has given it to you as a warning system. Hallelujah. The next thing you need to be able to develop is godliness. Godliness. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 11. Godliness. Godliness means being like God. Means more like God. 1 Timothy 6.11 says, But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Amen. So we must develop ourselves to become more like God. All right? So God embodies these very beautiful spiritual characteristics, righteousness. So if God is righteous, that means if he does things right, we should also want to do things right. All right? If God is holy, God actually said, be holy like I am holy. All right? Holy means to be special. Holy means to not be like everything and everybody else. Holy means to be set apart for something in particular. And in our case, it means to be set apart for God. That's what it means to be holy. All right? It says faith. 
to be like God means to have faith and to exercise faith. I am astonished that God himself did things by faith. Because the Bible says we understand that the worlds that we see were made from things that were not seen. The Bible says that God made the worlds by faith. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. I don't know what that means, but somehow when God spoke things into being, the Bible says that he did it by faith. So if we want to be godly, we have to be like God. Amen. God is patient. You know that God is patient? Solomon, you know God is patient with you. He's very, very patient. The way we find it so difficult to be patient with people. <laughs> we cannot tolerate anything that someone does. We cannot be. But God, if God were not patient, the Bible says that if God were to count our sins against us, who would stand? All right? So to be godly means to be like God. In all these ways. Amen. Amen. All right. So our destiny, what, what we should aim for and strive for as Christians is to be like God. Not to be successful and not to be famous. But when you're a Christian, what you're aiming towards is to be like God. That is your end goal. To be as much like God as you possibly can be. That is your end game. Amen. Amen. All right. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, when we talk about destiny, a lot of times we like talking about destiny. What did, God, what did God have in mind for our destinies? And the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That means the more we progress as Christians, the more we are supposed to be coming, becoming like Jesus, conformed Onto the image of his son. Amen. Number four, shepherds must have spiritual pursuits. A spiritual pursuit. All right. What is a pursuit? A chase, something you're chasing after. So can you can you pursue a young lady? What does that involve? Hard work like what? Like taking a flight? When you get a text, you have to reply back quickly. Otherwise, you'll be in trouble. They have to know where you are. Wow. <laughs> so you're under constant surveillance. 24-hour monitoring. It's like there's a camera. A camera, unseen camera. You have to compliment everything. You can't compliment other people. Hey. Young men, are you listening? It looks like we have a treasure trove of knowledge here, all right? <laughs> so we can pursue a young lady, all right? So the word pursue is, it speaks of giving yourself to something and following hard after that thing. Amen. You want to pursue spiritual things. Give yourself hard, all right, and follow that thing, all right? A lot of times, you can know what you pursue as a person by listening to what you pray for, you see. We are supposed to be pursuing spiritual things. I can tell what you are pursuing more often than not by listening to what you pray to God for. What am I saying? Now, a lot of times... 
we pray for things that are tangible, that are, uh, that are physical, isn't it? When we cry out to God, it's just for things around us. But the Bible admonishes us to pray for spiritual things. And because these things sound abstract, because maybe we, can't, we cannot really sometimes tell when we have attained unto these things, we don't bother at all. But the Bible says that we should, 1 Timothy 6, verse 11, but flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness. Pursue, the word that is pursue righteousness. Amen. What is righteousness? How do you know when you pursue righteousness? Godliness, faith, hope, perseverance, so faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. These are the things we are being told to pursue. Amen. Um, like Paul, what did he pray about? He prayed for spiritual things. For instance, he prayed for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He said he was praying for wisdom, for revelation. These are the things he was praying for. He prayed for things like the love of God. You say, but what am I going to do with the love of God? You see, he'd say, pray for the love of God, that you be deeply rooted and established in the love of God. Amen. Because to him, these things would yield better dividends at the end of the day for him. Amen. All right. And finally, a shepherd must develop their gifts. You must develop your gifts. Amen. Now, when we say someone is gifted, what comes to mind? Someone who has special abilities, special talents, someone who can do things other people cannot do as easily, isn't it? Like they are gifted what? Soccer players? Who has some gifted soccer players? Kamji. Bongo. Ah, so do, do we have a soccer team in the church? Who are the star players? Emmanuel. But out of the law, who is gifted? Kamji, he's gifted. Okay, so. All right. He's up and coming. So we have gifted soccer players, gifted golfers, gifted pianists, isn't it? So when you see someone who's gifted, sometimes you don't really know whether it's that they just have this natural ability or whether it's because they are working very hard at it to develop what they have. Because what you'll be surprised to find out is that so-called gifted people are working very hard at what they have, isn't it? Because once I had a, when I was in Colorado, I wanted to learn jazz piano. And I was meeting with my teacher. He would give me some exercises, and I'd come back, and he would say, what did you do when you went home? You know, and I'd say, I practiced one or two times. He said, no, that's not good enough. And I said, what do you do? And he said, I can sit behind the piano for 15 hours. I said, what? 15 hours? One day I'll play some of his music for you. He actually was a Grammy-nominated jazz pianist a few years ago. Yeah. But you, you not know that they put a lot of work behind their gifts. And that's what makes their gifts come out. No, but Christians, we are not prone to developing. See, when you have a gift, you also have to develop it. You also have to work hard at it. I dare say that even people who are good and successful business people, they face many, many challenges along the way. But it's because they're working hard at perfecting what they do and doing it very well that they are successful. Amen? All right? 
Because you would have thought that once someone is gifted, then no more work is needed. All right? So once you're a gifted singer, a talented solo artist, then you've finished everything. Come to you, is there more you can learn as a drummer? Because I think you are a pro drummer, or? You are not. Because <laughs> when we were in Colorado, I got a drum teacher for Ted. And I saw him as a very good drummer. And then I was surprised when he told me that he himself was taking drum lessons. But he had studied drumming or whatever in college as a degree or whatever. But he said he was taking, because he wanted to learn a certain kind of, yeah, a certain level of drumming. So you think he's just hitting the thing with a stick. <laughs> but there are levels, amen. I can develop your gifts. All right, so what are the core areas you should develop as a shepherd? Number one, you must develop the ability to fight, amen. Get ready for a long battle. The Bible says your adversary, the devil, he's going around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's never going to stop. He's not, even for Jesus, the Bible says, and he left him for a little while. All right? He tempted Jesus. He couldn't get Jesus. But he said, I'll be back. How many of you have watched Terminator? <laughs> I will be back. So Satan is always saying, I will be back. I'm not done with you. If he can't get you, he's going to come back and find another way of bringing you down. All right? So develop your ability to fight. What's the main way in which we fight? One good way in which you fight is through prayer. Amen. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. The Bible says another way in which you can fight, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Ephesians chapter 6 verse, is it 10? Or 12, Ephesians chapter 6. Be strong in the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes or the trickery of the devil. Verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Amen. Are you ready to fight? All right, number two. Develop your conscience. When you hear that still small voice, know that it is a voice that God has given to you. And don't disregard it. Don't shun it. Don't put it off. It's a warning system. All right? Be sensitive to the voice of your conscience. Everybody has a sense of right and wrong. But some people discard it all together. You know, recently I heard someone just going on a rant attacking people. I said, this, doesn't have, this guy doesn't have any sense of decency. He doesn't have any sense of self-respect. He doesn't have any sense of even common sense. You don't do things like that. You don't go fighting people. You know, but I, I, <laughs> you'd be surprised. He must have a voice. I said, something must be telling you that what you're doing is wrong. You know, but you're doing it out in the open in front of thousands of people. So don't disregard your conscience. Even before the Holy Spirit comes in, you have your conscience, all right? At a point, your conscience will be taken over by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Number three, 
Develop godliness. Wanna, you should want to be like God. Your, your aim in the end should not be to be rich and famous. It should be to be like God. The Bible says to be conformed unto the image of his son. That's what God has predestinated us to be. Amen. Number four, have spiritual pursuits. When it's time to pray, let me hear you praying for spiritual things. All right? Not just, God, please give me shoes. And not just shoes, but I want what shoes? Huh? You guys don't know the brands. That's why I, 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 I want the ladies to speak up. What shoes? Benedita, what shoes? Louis Vuitton. Okay. What about bags? Gucci. Okay. What about belts? Gucci belts. <laughs> Isn't the Gucci belt that's red and green? Prince doesn't even know. Right. <laughs> At least that one I know. All right. So don't have only carnal and also have spiritual pursuits. Amen. And then number five, work at and develop your gift. Whatever you can do well, do even better. Whatever you can do well, go and work at it. Make the investment of time so that you will shine to the glory of God. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Amen. I want you to talk to God in a moment and say, Father, I want to thank you that as a shepherd, as a leader, as your child, Lord, you want me to work on myself and develop these core, key, important, integral areas of my life. So that, Father, whatever I'm even doing well now, I can do even better at. Lord, just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, help me to do better. 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 Help me to work at it. Help me not to be lazy or to be slothful. In the name of Jesus, let me develop these areas. These, the areas that are necessary for me as a Christian, Lord. Let me pursue godliness. Let me pursue spiritual things, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Maybe you are here and you do not know the Lord Jesus. You have not invited him into your heart to be Lord and to be your Savior, to forgive you of your sins. You've been living your own life, but today you want to say, Father, I want to hand my life over to you. I want to place my life in your hands. Take me as I am, O oh God. Thank you that, Father, you are beckoning me. You are calling me with your arms wide open to receive me into your kingdom. When I die, I want to know that, Father, I am not going to hell, but I'm going to heaven to be with you forever. I want my sins to be washed away. I want the blood of Jesus to wash everything away and make me white as snow. If you want me to pray for you so that you will be with the Lord one day forever, so that the Lord will write your name in the book of life, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you that God touch your life and make everything brand new. The most important decision anybody can ever make in this life is the decision to follow God and to become his child. If your hand is lifted up, just pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus I, thank you I thank you that you love me, you love me. even me, even just, me. As just as I am. I thank you, I thank you for sending your son Jesus, your son Jesus to this world, to, this world 
to be nailed to the cross, to bleed and to die just because of me. Today I come to be forgiven of all my sins. Everything I've done in the past against you, O God, I repent and I want to turn my life around. I say, Lord, I hand it over to you. I place my life in your hands. Take me, Lord. Make me your child today. Wash all my sins away. And write my name in the book of life. I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I surrender for you. I want you to give it your full attention and listen into the prayer and believe that it is doing something good for you. Because Jesus said we should do this often in remembrance of him, the body and the blood of Jesus. So I want you to appropriate this great and wonderful thing 
that God has done for us. Amen. Amen. Oh, and I see the blood. Genesis 18. Are you looking on the screen? And he said, my Lord, we are about to take the bread and the wine. He said, my Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee from thy servants. How many want God not to pass away? Wow. Verse 4. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Abraham is speaking to angels. Verse 5. Fetch a morsel of bread. Comfort ye. After that, you shall pass on. he said ordinary bread can comfort your hearts how much more this supernatural bread is going to comfort your hearts and change your life stand to your feet take your bread whatever disturbs you whatever harasses you by the comfort that comes through the bread my flesh is meeting thee and my blood is drink take this bread and eat and comfort your hearts father as we come before the table of this eternal bread whatever is harassing us whatever is disturbing us Whatever is a type of difficulty that we have no answer for. In the name of Jesus, may comfort enter into our lives through this bread that we are about to receive. The body of Jesus Christ. We thank you that we are receiving more power, more comfort, more help in our lives as we pass of the body of Jesus Christ. The body of Jesus Christ. and my mistakes all your mistakes and my mistakes father we approach this wine thank you that our mistakes although they may be a thousand or million are dissolved and washed and then the effects of the mistakes 
The effect of the mistake on our finances. The effect of the mistake on our marriages. The effect of our mistakes on our homes. The effect of the mistakes on our lives. Thank you that they are washed up. My blood is drink. And as we drink this blood, we thank you that we are healed. We are forgiven. We are blessed. We also thank you. Is being washed out of our lives now. No, no permanent residence in us again. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. The blood of Jesus. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord heal you. May the Lord remember you. May all the prayers that have been prayed in this room apply to you. May good things happen to you. May all forms of stubbornness and all traces of hardness be washed away from your personality, from your life. May all demonic presences, demonic powers be taken out of you now in Jesus' name. May your life take a good turn. May your life take a good turn. May your life take an upward turn. May your existence be more useful. Whatever is used against you, as evidence may the blood of God away whatever is used against you what words maybe you've said or done your actions that is used against you may the blood of Jesus wash it away now I declare freedom in your life freedom from your accusers freedom from those who don't like you Freedom from those who despise you. Freedom from those who don't respect you. Receive freedom and liberty now in the name of Jesus. You are declared promoted by the Lord today in Jesus' name. Your good thing. I see somebody taking a step upstairs. Receive a step higher. You are going higher, higher in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever you have prayed about. I say whatever you have prayed about. May your answer come this week. May your answer come this week. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Receive a lifting from the Lord. Divine supernatural promotion and lifting. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for remembering everyone who is watching, who is listening. Thank you for your power that goes out. Thank you for angels that you have sent to answer prayers. Angels that you have sent to accompany us. Angels that you have sent to be part of our lives and ministries. We give you thanks, Lord. We give you praise for all that you have done. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone shouted, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated.
You may take your seats. We hope you have been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on our social media handles at QFC Houston North. Speak the word, speak the word.